Hello, and welcome to the Exvangelical Therapist Podcast. My name is Abigail, and you can find me at the Exvangelical Therapist on Instagram and TikTok. I post podcast episodes every Sunday where I talk about the intersections of evangelicalism, mental health, and social justice. The podcast is geared towards helping those deconstruct after leaving evangelicalism or those considering leaving the evangelical church. This is a wellness resource and is not meant to be a replacement for therapy. I was over at Target the other day. It was actually Halloween morning and they were pulling out their Christmas stuff. I'm like, hold on. Like trick or treating hasn't even started yet. But it seems like every year the holidays start rolling around sooner and sooner. And, you know, it's November now. And so for the U.S., the holiday season has really come upon us now because of having Thanksgiving. And the holidays can be a stressful time. It can be a complex time. But I think that there's this extra layer of complexity whenever you have grown up in fundamentalist religion and have left it. So I just want to really dedicate this episode here to those of you who are not looking forward to the holidays because of what that might mean for you after leaving fundamentalism and um, talking with people who are still within the fundamentalist faith during this holiday season. So I live nearby the Canadian border in the U.S. And it's very interesting because for Canadian Thanksgiving, people don't really celebrate it. And I started thinking about what would happen if Americans didn't celebrate Thanksgiving, how would that impact people's mental health? You know, because we talk about how stressful Thanksgiving is. Then we move into Thanksgiving, go into Black Friday, which there is historical violence around materialism. Then we get done with that. Then we have an increase of electricity bills and gift bills of going into the the Christmas season. And so because of this, we're, we're having all these stressors compacted upon each other. Then we have the religious tones of it as well. So there can be these different connections of religious trauma interwoven into the holiday season And then we also have family stressors. So having a lot of these different layers compounded upon each other makes it very hard for people's mental health. I know there's that song, it's the most wonderful time of the year. However, it's not always the most wonderful time of the year for people. And I just want to acknowledge that recognize that. Because sometimes I think folks 
place so much pressure on themselves to make the holiday season the most wonderful time of the year at the expense of their mental health. And during this time, I just want to be focusing on what self-compassion looks like during this time. And I think that practicing self-compassion after leaving evangelicalism or fundamentalism can be really challenging because self-compassion was marketed in fundamentalism as being selfishness and selfishness was considered to be a sin. But I'm here to say that self-compassion is not selfishness. Self-compassion helps us be more compassionate towards others and more compassionate to the world. Because whenever we start looking inward and start adjusting what is going on inside of us, that reflects on the way that we interact with the world and just connect with others. So I want to bring up here with the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. And they have just really amazing resources here. I used to work in um, acute mental health and addiction care. So I was working in a hospital setting and saw that there were a lot more hospitalizations around the holidays, which is why I think it's so important to be talking about this in, in crisis prevention care. Um, and what better way than to be looking at the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention and looking at these different resources here. So last year, they published this great article called From Thanksgiving to New Year's Protecting Your Mental Health During the Holidays. And I just wanted to share some of the different coping skills that they mentioned to help with crisis prevention during the holidays. So number one, they say get outside during the daylight hours. And this is so important. So this might mean getting up a little bit earlier. It might mean shifting your work hours so that then you're not going to work whenever it's dark and um, and then being able to take that short walk before you start work. Maybe that means taking a little bit longer of a lunch break or shifting around your lunch break or not working during your lunch break so that then you can be sitting outside or taking a walk even whenever it starts to dip into the colder temperatures too, we can start to acclimate our body to the cold by having short periods of exposure to the cold. So starting to expose ourselves to the cold for five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, and working our way up to 30 minutes so that then we can be able to still engage in exercise and activity during those cold months to be able to get the benefits of daylight. Because yes, there is vitamin D3, there's different lamps out there, but at the same point, being in nature and getting that actual sun rays, having you know the wind on your skin, just being connected with the earth, that can be so cathartic during this period of time. So take a risk and connect if you are feeling lonely. That That's the second part here. So yeah, 
it can be risky in reaching out to someone who you haven't talked to in a long time. Maybe it's someone that you remembered from high school. Maybe it's someone that you remembered from college. And even just taking that risk after leaving fundamentalism as well and reaching out to a person, sometimes that can be a little bit challenging. But maybe you notice that someone that you went to school with, maybe someone that you went to church with, may not be participating in fundamentalism anymore. And taking that step and reaching out to them and saying, hey, you know, it's been a while. How are things going for you? And and sending them that message or giving them that call or, or text can be a really beautiful way to reconnect and start bridging past relationships and current and looking at this time as a bridge can be very helpful and meaningful during this time. I know that that's not always possible to be doing that. So if that's not a possibility to um, reconnect with people from your past, maybe that means going out into your community and trying to meet one new person during the holiday season. And so this can be done socially. It can be done relationally. Maybe it is um, starting to volunteer during this holiday season as there are a lot of volunteer opportunities out there during the holidays. And that can be a great way to meet a person and get to know that person on a regular basis. That's a temporary time commitment rather than a long-term time commitment. Number three, do at least one thing to improve your sleep this season. So maybe that means keeping your thermostat a little bit lower. Maybe that means leaving your phone in another room or turning off screens 30 minutes before bedtime. Maybe that means um, just having a sound machine on before bed or having an earlier bedtime, having a consistent sleep-wake schedule. Something that's important too of having a consistent sleep-wake schedule is not looking at the weekends as playing catch-up for sleep. Catch-up of sleep is a myth. Um, So having a consistent sleep schedule throughout the weekdays and the weekend can really promote rest. Also, whenever we take naps, sometimes that can also interrupt having a deep sleep at night. So just prioritizing having those consistent bedtimes and wake times can be very, very healthy for us to do. So looking at this next step here is take breaks. Schedule downtime for yourself because sometimes the holidays can get so busy and we get so wrapped up into these different responsibilities that we forget to take a break. And sometimes that means that we need to schedule in a break and breaks don't mean going on social media. It means taking an actual break because social media can turn a lot like work. (laughs) So asking yourself, what is going to be a break for me where I feel like I can just turn my brain off and just relax and not have something that I feel like I need to be doing in this moment and in this time. So scheduling breaks throughout your week. This next step here is remove something from your holiday to-do list. Yeah, this I know is a tough one. 
(laughs) because this is setting boundaries. And sometimes setting boundaries can bring up different feelings of guilt. And that's the last thing that people want to be feeling around the holiday season. They want to be feeling love, joy, acceptance, and sometimes having those tough conversations about having boundaries of, hey, I don't feel comfortable with doing this, or I don't think that this is going to be manageable for me this year. Yeah. It can be uncomfortable, but having this vulnerability too can also be getting things into the quote unquote holiday spirit. And it can also be encouraging other people to be having boundaries in their lives as well. And whenever we have boundaries, it can really decrease stress during the holiday season, which can then just really enhance the connection that we have with other people during the holiday season. So this next step here is find a balance between being with others and being alone. You don't have to be with people 24-7 during the holiday season, regardless of what Hallmark tells you. (laughs) So doing things alone might also mean being around others, but it means going on a date with yourself, whether that be you going to a movie solo that you've wanted to be seeing. Maybe that means hearing live music or visiting a local tourist site or volunteering. Those are some really great things that you can be doing alone and to be getting to know yourself during the holiday season because this holiday season can really be this time for reflection. And whenever we practice self-reflection, it can lead to a lot of growth in our life and having these feelings of joy, love, and peace be prolonged rather than having it be a temporary feeling that comes and goes during the holiday season. This next step we have here is find the choices within the obligations. So assuming you can't avoid them entirely. So maybe you might feel obligated to go spend time with your family during the holidays, but maybe they are still very involved in fundamentalism. So asking yourself, what do I feel up to doing? And maybe that means telling your family, hey, I don't feel up to going to the holiday service with you. I'll come to dinner afterwards. Or maybe I could be preparing dinner while you're at church, but I don't feel comfortable in going to church with you during this. And that can be a choice while still maintaining what you feel is an obligation to be participating in your family during the holiday season. So prioritize activities that support your mental health. Sometimes writing a priority list from one to five or one to 10 can be really beneficial during this time. Whenever you are identifying what those priorities are in your life, asking yourself, am I actually meeting my priorities in my life or am I setting my priorities off to the side? And a lot of times we do set our priorities off to the side and then start to prioritize other things that can then increase stress. And maybe it's prioritizing the obligations that you feel rather than boundaries. So create a priorities list for yourself and start to adhere to that priorities list that you have in your life. So 
if you are having any thoughts about hurting yourself or suicide during this holiday season, I would really encourage you to be talking about this with your therapist if you have a therapist or connecting with a therapist if you do not have one already. And also reaching out to the national crisis line in the U.S. and that is 988. There's also a crisis text line and you text TALK, the letters T-A-L-K, to 741-741. I just want you to know that you do not have to go through this holiday season alone. And this is a 24-7 line. So even whenever you're spending time with your family, you can go to the bathroom, you can sneak out into the backyard, text that crisis line, call the line if you need some assistance during this time. I hope this episode brought you more clarity and insight into the effects of evangelicalism. If you found the episode to be helpful, please share it with a friend. And please leave me a review wherever you listen to this podcast if you enjoyed it, so more people can discover the podcast too. Thank you so much for listening, and until next episode, I'll talk to you later.